When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by InsideThePenguins.com. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, joined as always by Nick Horwat. And the All-Star break rolls on as now officially all 32 teams are on break, getting ready for the skills competition tomorrow and the All-Star games on Sunday. We will be previewing at least Sidney Crosby's involvement in both of those events later in the show, but we have plenty to talk about before we get to that. Let's start here, Horwat. Can this team come back from break with the same roster or do you think something's going to change between now and Tuesday when they take on the Colorado Avalanche? It's not that I think something will. It's that something needs to change. Mm. Something absolutely needs to be done to this roster, whether it be – I mean, it has to be a trade. We can only do so many minor league call-ups. Mike Sullivan isn't playing these guys. We've seen it already. Uh, Philip Hollander had, had another two-game stint. By the way, he's back in the Wilkes-Barre lineup. That's great to see. Um, he had another two games sitting in the NHL this year with no points. Jonathan Gruden had three games, was healthy scratched for like four, I think, or maybe another three. Uh, no points. Played like five minutes a night. Uh, am I missing anyone? Sam Poulin had a cup of coffee in the NHL this year. Got an mm-hmm. assist in his first game. And then uh, that was it. He played two more after that. Minor league call-ups aren't going to be the answer right now. We need someone to be swapped and traded and brought into this lineup to help bolster anything. And we've been asking for this for a month now, a little over a month. Uh, that's getting a little ridiculous, but I mean, it's not like we've been able to go downhill any further during this time off, but uh, this is not ideal. This is far from ideal. Uh, this roster, it needs something to change, it needs a fresh face, needs some new blood, and it doesn't matter where it comes from. You mentioned the fact that it can't be a call-up. It can be a call-up. You just have to force the hand of the coach to play the guys the correct way. And yeah. I think the problem is also, look who you're calling up. Poulan was one thing, but that was early in the season. You look yeah. at lately, the, the Gruden thing is the most egregious example is where you had so many guys injured that you called up Jonathan Gruden. You gave him a couple of games in the NHL, and you still didn't use him. And it's not like you were just trying to see what you had in him. You had to play him, and instead you chose to handcuff your team. So, yeah, Gruden is a guy that wasn't really expected to be a call-up this year, going to be completely no, honest. No, but not at all. You know how you force the hand of these guys? Say, hey, Pustin 
as your new roster player. Like he needs to be in the lineup every day. Basically, uh, like in Moneyball, when they say Scott Hatterberg needs to be playing, I'll trade your best player away. Now, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, but honestly, force the hand of this coaching staff that, hey, you need to start utilizing some of these guys more because the guys you're throwing out there just aren't getting the job done, specifically in the bottom six. I mean, Pustinen, Nylander, one of those two guys should be up and should be playing the rest of the season. Unless they, unless they don't look good, like specifically don't look good and look worse than the guys that you're putting out there now, which I highly doubt, then they should be playing. Yeah. No, isn't Nylander the uh, all-star selection for Wilkes-Barre this year? He is. Huh. Wow. Uh, that's a that's a start. Am I right? We had Taylor Ferdoon get called up, by the way. Even the def- even the back end has kind of been butchered. Like he didn't play, but even Taylor Ferdoon had to had, was forced to be called up. He shouldn't have been called up this year. Again, I get it was injury, but still, think about it. One more face goes down just at the wrong time. You're playing Taylor Ferdoon in the NHL. Yeah. What is this lineup? I mean, hell, maybe we would have rather seen him over uh, Brian Dumoulin on a couple of occasions, but so be it. This uh, team cannot continue with the same roster construction. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're running out of time for that. I mean, it would pretty much have to happen today unless he wants to make a deal during the All-Star game, which, I mean, you can, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> doesn't doesn't seem likely. Mm-hmm. And then you come back Sunday. Mm-hmm. Unless you make a deal Sunday morning before a weird 4 p.m. practice. Yeah. Uh, it just doesn't feel like it's going to happen, which is yeah. sucks. Yeah, I don't think that anything is going to happen in the way of a, a trade. I know that things have started to pick up on the market ever since the Bo Horvat deal was done a couple days ago. A lot more rumors, a lot more interest, a lot more parties being discussed. And the Penguins in a couple of different ones, and we'll discuss one of them in the second segment. But I just don't see a trade getting done. Like, Ron Hextall has sat on his hands this far. I don't think that he's going to miraculously come out and pull the trigger on a move uh, in the next couple of days. So I feel like you're going to see a similar roster. The only way that it's going to be different is if you get the return of a couple of the injured players right now. Uh, And we don't know the status of a lot of these guys. Jan Ruda is injured and will be on LTIR until I believe February 14th, uh, if I'm remembering that correctly, but he he won't be eligible to come back at the very beginning of the schedule after their all-star break. So he's off the table, but Josh Archibald, Kasperi Kapanen, where do they stand? Because I feel like if they are healthy, that changes the face of this roster a little bit. Like what does, what do these two guys do if they're in the lineup right now? And who comes out of the lineup? Does Danton Heinen come out? Does Drew O'Connor get bumped out of the lineup? What changes in the lineup when those two guys are healthy? And then, of course, the main one is Tristan Jari. You know, what is his status? He will have been out 16 days since his last action when the Penguins take on the Colorado Avalanche on Tuesday. Is that enough for him to get healthy, or will he he'll, he still be out a little bit longer? And, of course, with them heading out on the Western California road trip right after that game on Tuesday, will he be traveling with the team out to Cali? I would say it's a safe assumption that he's playing uh, against Colorado. My issue is, is there are some seasons where you go our biggest trade acquisition at the, uh, at the deadline is someone coming back from injury. Dude, that cannot happen to us this year. That cannot be our game plan. Our, the, our biggest trade acquisition, like last year was Zucker, I think Uh, maybe someone else. Uh, but regardless, that cannot be our game plan heading into this trade deadline. It cannot be 
our biggest uh, name that we're getting back from the trade deadline is a player we've already had on the roster. Mm-hmm. And also the players that are currently injured uh, wouldn't be great trade deadline players anyway. So uh, Tristan Jari, maybe, but I expect him to be back on uh, on Tuesday. So scratch that one. But this this lineup, it's just, it's infuriating. It's, <clears throat> I, I don't know how else to put it. And mm-hmm. not only do we not expect a trade to happen anytime soon, I almost don't expect one to happen at all. I get that, you know, there is possibilities and the Penguins make sense for guys. Like like we mentioned, we will talk about one. But other than, other than hey, this player seems like a good fit, they're radio silence. Mm-hmm. Radio silence from the Penguins in any sort of capacity and rumor mills, connections, activity, any of that. Truly, any every story you see where it says, "Hey, here's a player. Here are teams possibly interested." The Penguins are not listed on any of them. Name the player. Name the teams interested. The Penguins are not involved in it. I don't get it. This team needs something. And Ron er, and Brian Burke may have said that they are looking for a trade. Nothing to shake up the lineup too much. That's fine. We're not asking to shake up the lineup too much. We're asking for any sort of trade. All we've gotten though is we're looking. Cool. I'm also looking for a new apartment. <laughs> I'm not gonna shout it to the world. Make it a little more like give us something. Let the insiders do a little more with this team. Like there's absolutely nothing coming from this front office. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's fine. I mean, maybe it's just a hell of a regime change coming from Rutherford, who would have knocked out two first round picks by now to bolster this lineup mm-hmm. to what we have now, which is radio silence. I mean, maybe there's a ton of work being done behind the scenes. We just don't know about that's fine. If there is cool, move it along, mm-hmm. but make but actions. We need to see the actions now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In years past, you mentioned the, our best acquisition is going to be getting somebody back from injury last year. It was Zucker. I believe the year before it was Sidney Crosby or it was Evgeny Malkin um, the year before and last year as well. Um, when he was out the first 41 games of the season. But this year, there's just too many issues with this team. And like you mentioned, Tristan Jari getting him back is huge. I mean, it makes this team much better, but there's still so many holes on this team. I mean, we've been talking about the fact that, yeah, you can get him back, but how long is he going to be healthy for? Like, is that it for the season? Is he going to be healthy the rest of the season? Is he going to get injured? This has become an issue. And then you look at the rest of the team and, yeah, we're saying maybe you need another piece on defense, even though, I mean, it looks fine when it's healthy, but it could be better. The bottom six is atrocious. There's going to need to be moves made all around that, and you can't afford to bring a guy off the top six to help the bottom six like they did in years past because who's going to go back up at the top six? Nobody has that capability. Maybe Kasperi Kapanen if he you know elevates his game. And he mentioned, you know, maybe there's not a move at all. If there's not a move at all, Ron Hextall needs to be fired on March 4th. Like, and yeah. I think that they are aware of that. I think that they're aware that there needs to be a move made and there will be a move made, but I don't think it's coming anytime soon. I think they're going to weigh their options. I think they're going to try to take the market for what they can. And I think they're going to wait. And if they don't come back to this pod, old takes expose me, that's fine. But we knew that this front office was going to be locked down on rumors. Like we knew that coming in. We knew Ron Hextall doesn't like to talk to the media all that much about his business. So we expected that, but we didn't expect it to this extent. Yeah. And I don't think anything is going to change specifically in the context of this conversation where we're saying, is change going to happen by the time they come back on Tuesday for a game? No, 
It's not because I don't think the Sharks loss had as much of an effect on the front office as it did on the fan base. I, I know everybody in the fan base was ready to burn it down, change it all. Some people were saying, hey, the lottery picks are looking pretty good right now. But no, like the, the front office, I think, which is a positive thing, is not going to overreact to one loss, no matter how bad it is on home ice against a bad team going into an extended 10 day break. But something needs to change here. Like you're not going to be able to go out there and say, hey, when we get Jari, Archibald and Kapanen back and Ruta. That's going to change the face of the the face of what this franchise looks like and what this roster looks like. It's not. Mm-mm. It's going to be a better team. It's going to be a playoff team because right now I feel like they're not playing at the standard of a playoff team. So you get those guys back and maybe they look like a playoff team, but that's not the goal. We're not the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're not just content with the playoffs. You got to get in there and you have to be a contender because Crosby and Malkin and their talent at their age demand that that's what you do. There's no tanking. There's no rebuild. And if you're calling for a rebuild on social media, shut the heck up. Like, do not talk about that because look at the Blackhawks. How's that working when they're like, hey, start the rebuild right now. And we still have two stars that have built this franchise and won three Stanley Cups. Just, uh, you know, start it now and and we'll figure it out. Maybe by the time they're at the end of their career, maybe you can salvage it last year or two. Look at what's happening with them. They're going to have to sell off both of those two pieces and they're not going to finish their careers there because they're so unhappy with that organization based on where it's at in its rebuild. I mean, there's a lot of other factors that can go into the Chicago Blackhawks thing, but there's a lot of notes that of what you just spieled out there, and I yeah. agree with all of it. And I'm going to start and respond to as many of them as I can real quickly here. <laughs> First one, uh, how maybe the trade market finally opened up with Bo Horvat. Um, you have to figure as well that the Penguins need to get involved. Those are the Bo Horvat went to a metropolitan team who was – trying to get into a playoff spot mm-hmm. the new york islanders <clears throat> they're fighting with us for that playoff spot um so the new york Islanders got a lot stronger patrick kane who we just mentioned from chicago has been linked heavily to the new york rangers now they're above us in the standings but that's the metro getting stronger and a team we still have to play three times patrick mm-hmm. kane always does well against us mm-hmm. so keep an eye on that one um and timo meyer I don't know how strong the link has been, but he's there's been a lot of talk of him and the New Jersey Devils. Now, again, a, a team doing much better than us, but still in in the same division. Those are three teams that have that are looking to bolster their lineup in our division. The Penguins need to be involved as well now. They need to do something for themselves to gain a bit more of a step in this division. And also, when it comes to the Penguins tanking for Bedard. We have 24 wins this year. That's already more than multiple teams are going to get. So yeah. throw that idea at the window. Well, we've not, we've not already j- gone past that. Not even just for Bedard, but it is a good draft class altogether. Like Bedard is out of the question, I feel like, for the Pittsburgh Penguins at this point. So yeah, th- yeah. but the, the draft class itself, yes, I understand that a lot of the lottery picks, I mean, specifically the entire top three is ridiculous uh, with Mitchkoff and Fantilli as well, but you know, the Penguins aren't going to get one of those spots. It's no. very unlikely if they get one of those spots, even if they tank the rest of the season, which they're not going to. Yeah. So yeah, I, I just, you know, it's, it's, it's been constant on the timeline as well. And I'm like, just, just shut up. Just we, stop. We would have to lose out basically to even have a <laughs> fighting chance of getting the first round pick. Because like I said, yeah. 24 wins is already too far gone. Columbus has 15. Chicago has 15. Arizona has 16, Anaheim has 16, San Jose has 15. 
those are teams that might not hit 24. Those are how many teams did I just list there? Four, five, six. Mm-hmm. There, yeah, there's going to be far more teams with fewer than 24 wins. I mean, it's possible they all get 24. I don't know exactly how bad of a season they're all trying to have. Yeah, Anaheim is like four regulation wins all year. I don't think they're going to hit 24. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we're already too far gone for the idea of tanking out this season. And I mean, rebuilding? Are you kidding me? We just signed Malkin for four more years. We just signed Latang for six. Rebuilds are not happening right now. Not no. for another. You just signed Rust and Raquel to, to five and six years deals or six, six year, both years. Six each. Year deals. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Tanking and rebuilding is uh, not going to happen for at least hmm, five years, four years, yeah. six, maybe not yeah. happening. Also, Sidney Crosby is not on this team. Yeah. That's when it happens. Also, if you're calling for that, that just shows me that you were not a fan before Crosby showed up. Oh yeah, before they want to stand clearly. You're new here. And there's nothing wrong with new fans. Like literally, when you get on the when you jump on, you jump on, you're a Penguins fan, and we love all Penguins fans. But like if you're calling for a rebuild right now, just know that you're outing yourself as somebody who was not suffered through the Rico Fatty years, as Jesse Marshall put on Twitter. So I was about to say that Jesse Marshall quote tweets says it all. It it sunk in very hard as uh <laughs> we've been fans of this team for too long. Um and covered this team for, for the past four years and Oh, interesting stuff. But... That, that was the last part. Uh, the wanting to, whenever you mentioned getting into the playoffs and being a contender. Yeah, look at each of the last playoff series losses. This team is not happy with that. We are not the Steelers. No. We are not happy with making the playoffs and calling it a day. We are not happy with a winning season and calling it a day, much like Tomlin and the Steelers are. This is a team that has higher expectations, and they themselves understand they're not meeting them year after year. They're in the playoffs. They're going to seven games with a third string goalie guess what they still want to get out of that even with a third string goalie even without their captain for a game and a half they want to be better than that mm-hmm. even in those circumstances and they can be they absolutely can be mm-hmm. it's a matter of uh the front office doing something about it now yep and one of the reasons the pittsburgh penguins have struggled in those playoff series goaltending and what we'll talk about a goaltending rumor that has been all surrounding the pittsburgh penguins the past couple of days we'll get to that right after the break It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by InsideThePenguins.com. Horwat, we were begging for something, anything, please, a rumor about the Pittsburgh Penguins, and it's not even really a rumor that they're interested, but a rumor that this player would be a good potential fit for the Pittsburgh Penguins, a player that's on their way out of their current situation in what is probably the worst-run organization right now in sports, in the Vancouver Canucks. And that is Thatcher Demko being uh, kind of tied to the Pittsburgh Penguins as a potential suitor. Uh, What do you think about, of course, this was from 32 Thoughts, the podcast, once again, discussing the Penguins goaltending situation, saying that Pittsburgh would be a potential fit for the golden boy of Canadian hockey, um, basically, in goaltending right now. 
Horowat, what would you say about this uh, this trade target for the Penguins? Oh, man, it makes no sense. It <laughs> makes zero sense to me. I, I Listen, I did a lot of bad-mouthing of Thatcher Demko heading into the season. Yeah. But then again, you don't – then again, as analysts and pundits, you shouldn't be sticking a possible Vesna Trophy candidacy on the goaltender from the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. Listen, I don't I don't know if the situation in Vancouver was seen from a mile away, but we watched Jim Rutherford firsthand for a couple of for quite a number of seasons. Two cups came out of it. When we, that was a great two cups, uh, but we saw how, saw how every year following went. Um, so some people should have seen the Vancouver thing happening from a mile away, and Thatcher Demko just uh, didn't make sense to me as a Vesna candidate, and now. He's played in 15 games this season, been injured for a lot more than that, and has four wins, three wins, something stupid. Uh, and you want to send him to Pittsburgh for $5 million a clip? No, thank you. Uh, first mm-hmm. of all, it's going to cost a lot. Secondly, you don't even know if you're going to get help this season, and the Penguins need help this season. They need help in net this season, not next. Mm-hmm. Uh, so because here's the thing. What are you, gonna, <clears throat> what are you trading Thatcher Demko for? Are you sending a goalie back? Are you going to get him, keep him on LTIR, but then now you know one of your goalies is leaving? <laughs> Which one's it yeah. going to be? Mm-hmm. Obviously, I mean, it should be Casey, but you don't know that. So I, this is just a very – and I get it's not a rumor. It's or not so much a rumor. It is a uh, just a connection that it makes sense for the Penguins to do something like that. And it does. Don't get me wrong. It does. Thatcher Demko is a stout NHL goaltender in this league when he's healthy and playing. Mm-hmm. The Penguins need that. So the connection makes sense. It's a matter of uh, it's not a good idea. I think that's kind of where I fall on it. That's just not a good idea. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. And <clears throat> Now, obviously, we know like the Penguins aren't trading Tristan Jari. Like that's not going to happen. He, and he's not going back in that deal. It's not, Hey, we're going to swap goaltenders. And you know, for the penguins, they're going to get this guy because he's under contract for three more years at $5 million. Meanwhile, Tristan Jari is, uh, is on a contract that is expiring this year. And it's probably going to be asking for more than $5 million. So it's a cap move. No, again, same thing as the first segment. Stop talking. I understand, mm-hmm. you know, Tristan Jari played in the Western league. That'd be kind of a return to home for him. He played for the Edmonton oil Kings of the WHL. So he'd be going back out to Western Canada where he, you know, started his career. But again, stop it. $5 million a year for a guy that has not really shown it compared to Jari. I mean, I get that their numbers are slightly similar. Demko in the past three seasons discounting this year because you know, injuries have really just derailed his season. A 913 save percentage, 283 goals allowed average, and two shutouts. Jari has a 917, a 252, and nine shutouts. So Jari is one above him, not to mention he has 17 more wins in those three seasons. So he is a step above him, not to mention the fact that you're in this mess of even talking about a goaltender because of injuries. Where is Thatcher Demko right now? The injury report. He has not played a game since early December. So why on earth, to fix an injury problem, do you bring in an injured goaltender? It makes zero sense. I understand connecting them because Jim Rutherford and the Pittsburgh Penguins and that organization out there in Western Canada, there's a lot to connect. They're 
president of hockey ops, their general manager, their head coach, and their assistant coach all fall from Pittsburgh. Couple I get players. why that. I yeah, a couple of players. I understand why there's automatically connections between Vancouver and Pittsburgh. There have been for years. Connor Garland, Brock Besser, all the fun stuff. But there makes it makes no sense to bring in a guy that one is injured, two has an 883 save percentage, a 393 goals allowed average, and negative 10.8 goals saved above expected this season. You know what? This honestly falls for every team that uh, Elliot Friedman mentioned. Also, this isn't just a Penguin thing. This goes for every team that Friedman said, oh, yeah, this uh, Thatcher Demko makes sense for these teams. Thatcher Demko is injured to hell and back. He makes sense for no teams. And he's 27. Yeah. I don't – maybe like, maybe it makes sense for teams in the offseason. Trading for Thatcher, Thatcher Demko this season makes no sense for any team in the NHL. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Unless you know. Unless somebody out there knows, hey, he's just holding on to LTIR until he's on a new squad and then he's – all of a sudden going to be healthy again. Unless the somebody Canarius knows Tony that. Effect. Yeah. Unless somebody knows that trading for an injured 27 year old, $5 million goalie makes no sense at this mm-hmm. moment. Cause you're giving up way more than you're going to get this season. So this isn't just a penguin problem. This is whoever else you mentioned LA. Uh, I forget who else is in there. It's the only one I can remember, but there was a couple mm-hmm. teams he listed at Buffalo. He's mentioned Buffalo. That makes sense for those teams. Sure, the connection is there because goaltending is needed from those mm-hmm. teams. But you're giving up far more than you're going to get this year, especially for those some like three teams that all need help this year. Mm-hmm. Well, Buffalo, not really. Yeah, if the Penguins need help this year, and if the Penguins don't get their help this year, suddenly Buffalo gets help this year. Well, but Buffalo's not in the mood to trade any future assets for something that's really a nominal improvement. They have three goaltenders right now, and Uko Pekalukinen is playing pretty well. Uh, you know, he's doing pretty good, and Craig Anderson's playing really well as well. Like, I don't I don't think, I don't understand them going after a goaltender, especially from what I've heard about Kevin Adams basically saying, you know, we love what we're doing. We might add a piece, but we're not selling the farm to try to win a Stanley Cup this season because it's not plausible. Yes. It, you know, we're fighting for a playoff spot, and that'd be nice. You know, that fan base deserves playoffs after however many years. Uh, of not making it. I think it's it's almost over a decade at this point. Probably is over a decade at this point. But why trade the farm for a first-round exit? You know, if you're in that position where you're at the very beginning of your window, the Penguins, you know, Crosby and Malkin are sitting there fending the window off with stellar play in their mid-30s. You might want to give somebody else over there to help lift it. So that's all I'm saying. And I, I just don't think Demko is that type of player and it's not that type of trade that's going to really move the needle for the Pittsburgh Penguins but let's discuss uh, something else I saw on on Twitter I believe it was yesterday the NHL national TV numbers are plummeting this season Horwat uh, from Austin Carp of Sports Business Journal national NHL TV viewership is down 22% this season average this year 373,000 viewers on national games down from 478,000 at this point last season what is the issue uh to you with trying to get interest in this league because at the the end that's what it boils down to is there's not enough interest in the national hockey league and there's not enough i want to say national interest because there is regional Mm -hmm. fans love their teams will watch their teams as you already noticed uh not a lot of sellouts at ppg paints arena this year so there is waning interest in going to the games, but now we're seeing that there's waning interest in watching the games on a national scale. There is, and that's it's an interesting way. 
uh, thing to find out that it's way down. I'm trying to find the – there it is. Carlo Koliakovo, uh, actually, I thought had a pretty decent tweet about it. Like, yeah, there was kind of some uh, – too many math equations. Part of it was a little weird, but we'll ignore that. And just say some of these things were right. I mean, it's lacking storylines, mm-hmm. I guess. But it that falls back mm-hmm. on to one of the other things, which is poor um, management and uh, – advertising of the players mm-hmm. uh, which is something you know top two teams in this or top two leagues in this country do very well and the nfl and the nba and that is promote their stars give their star players uh, more attention and put them on bigger stages uh, as you know the no rivalry thing he mentioned is and that's in there i mean the penguins played the capitals th- played the capitals three times this season i think they played the flyers three times this season but they'll be damned if they don't play the Rangers every damn day for a week. Some one of these one of these months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and don't get me wrong, that's a pretty decent. You know, it's an old school. It's a little bit of an older rivalry, but um, it it's not the same as you know Penn's Flyers or Penn's uh, uh, Capitals. But then also getting out outside of Pittsburgh, the Battle of Alberta, and I get that doesn't appeal to American audience too much, but um, you can make it appeal to them. If you, mm-hmm. if you teach them a little geography and say, hey, these two teams are the only two teams in this province and uh, they don't like each other. Here's fun hockey, because guess what? One of those teams has Connor freaking McDavid. Yeah, the, uh, three times a year for that game. Oof, man, no. Uh, and, the, and the playoff format's horrible. Yeah, we all know this. There's a lot wrong with these with this with this hockey league and why it's not you know, picking up the same numbers that it should be. Uh, it's interesting. And it's all very obvious as to why things don't work out. Mm-hmm. And there are ways to fix it, but stubborn ass NHL, man. I think part of the problem is the, who the NHL is currently in bed with. ESPN and TNT, nothing against TNT. I do think that they're trying. They're not being given very good matchups, uh, to be completely honest. Like, last night was great. You know, they get Buffalo and Carolina, both teams riding hot streaks. But again, because of how poorly the NHL has marketed these teams, a lot of national attention didn't care about that game when they should. I mean, Carolina is one of the best teams in hockey. And they're one of the most entertaining teams in hockey. And so is Buffalo. Buffalo is the highest scoring team in the National Hockey League. Did you know that? Did no. you know that Buffalo leads the league in scoring this season? No, but it checks out. Tage Thompson's on a roll. Jeff Skinner's back, Ex- kind of. Exactly. And it's not being talked about enough. It's not being properly marketed. So TNT, I think, is miles ahead of what ESPN is at. And ESPN has such a more integral role in growing the game right now for the NHL. I think they have not valued this deal enough at ESPN. They have poor commentators. Like it's just not a good enough commentating team. They have really bad studio analysts. They just, I'm not going to name names, but if you're covering this sport, you should get the names right. Especially of the players that are marquee names. You should not be mispronouncing certain marquee names in this league. And regardless if you watch a show on ESPN plus it's called in the crease, it's a great show concept. It's a great way to get people interested in the national aspect of the game. You go around in 20 minutes and can cover 13 games, 26 teams, try to raise awareness of how good these players are playing. There's not enough mention of Tage Thompson. 
There's not enough mention of Jason Robertson in the season that he's having. They are only going to market stars that are previously known by the national audience. Hey, Crosby. Hey, Ovechkin. Hey, McDavid. But they don't talk about anybody else. Yeah. They don't. And yet, to a certain extent, those players and what they're doing deserves to be talked about. But you look around the league right now, nobody's talking about the Kraken. The Kraken are one of the best teams, one of the most exciting teams that we've seen in several seasons. ESPN is not covering that well enough. And the fact that you have, what, three shows on ESPN Plus about the NHL? I understand. It's not a cash cow like the NFL is where you can have an entire network devoted to it with different shows every hour. But you need to put a little bit more. If you're only going to have three, you need to put a little bit more effort into those three and not just say, hey, back in 2003, you liked this hockey thing. You you like hockey as well, right? Yeah, that means you're good enough to cover it. No, that's not going to work. And I'm not calling out Bucci. I love Bucci. He's one of the best people there. There's other commentators and other analysts there that I'm like, you should not be talking about hockey. And if you are, you should dive into a little bit better and be better at your job because ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports is awful at covering the NHL. Yeah. And it's, you can always fall back on, well, it always has been to, you know, obviously. Yeah. I mean, the last 20 years, they weren't getting paid to cover. They didn't have to, they didn't care. Yeah. But now they're, the, they're literally the torch holder and exactly. they're still not doing enough. And you know what? That is a little bit on them. Absolutely. Like they're not pushing the right games. They're not pushing the right rivalries. They're not pushing players, this, that, the other, so many different things that go into it. Also, it's a bit of a different game now since the last time they covered it. I mean, 20 years ago, they were covering quite a few three to one games that featured more fights than goals. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's a bit of a different game, but it's far more entertaining now. And and I don't have the answers for (laughs) why viewership is down, but I think a lot of a lot of reasons why it's down makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the player, the Flyers played the Penguins. They're playing three times this year, I think. Battle of Alberta is only happening three times this year. Again, I get out of Canada, but still, that's something you could easily put on an American TV and find entertainment value. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I maybe. Maybe this also goes into scheduling. I don't There's a lot of it, issues it does. involved. There's... And I don't know. People, I don't know. I don't yeah. Know. Well, there are three issues to me. One is the the whole, the, the networks aren't covering it correctly. I think ESPN, chief among them, TNT is what TNT is. They they do what they do at, at, their, at their best. They need to be given better games. But I think the NHL is not uh, free from guilt in this as well. The regular season does not matter as much because the playoff format is trash. Mm-hmm. go back to the one versus eight format straight up because at the end of the day, that's going to create and and then fixed bracket, no reseeding fixed bracket. Go with that. That's what you need to do. One through eight fixed bracket, because that'll create new matchups. That'll create new rivalries, which will help in turn make a better regular season. Not only that, look at the NHL this year, right? Is anybody going to pass Boston to the Atlantic? No, they're probably going to be the top seed in the East. And we still have two, three months left in the season. Does it matter what happens between the Maple Leafs and the Lightning this year? No, they're going to face off in the first round. 95% chance or something like that, that that's the first round matchup. 
So why do I care about Bruins versus Maple Leafs other than it's two good teams? Like what, what is getting me to watch that game? What levity does that bring right now? Because that was on last night too. And guess Brad Marchand's tweeting at people. I don't know. And that's the thing. The NHL needs more of that. Yeah. yeah. Because these players have been so media trained to not say anything and not show any personality that they're not fun to watch. Why does everybody love the NBA? Why does the NBA have, oh, this is an NBA TV team to watch this year. Like definitely watch them on NBA TV or in their 10 minute clips because they're, they're fun to watch. They're entertaining because they're allowed to have personalities. The NHL is like, no, we need you to be like, you know, we're the upper echelon of athletes that walks in with suits and, uh, you know, as prim and prop. No, the NHL at the end of the day needs to let these guys have personality and market those personalities correctly. Because if you do that, people will gain interest in other players around the league. Why do you think the Toronto Maple Leafs, when they got Austin Matthews, apart from him being one of the best players in the league, why do you think immediately people were drawn to him? He's uh, he's showing a little bit of emotion. He's showing a little bit of style. He's a little different. That's why Mitch Marner is so beloved because he acts like a kid. Why? Because he is. He's a kid. He came into the league at what? 18, 19, 20 years old. He didn't try to act like he was 35 already. Like, I love Sidney Crosby. I do. But the dude has been 50 years old for 20 years. The way he acts off the ice, at least in front of a camera. And some people might not be comfortable with that. And that's fine. You have that everywhere. But the people that are, you got to put them in front of a camera. You got to give them the opportunity. And the NHL just doesn't do that. Yeah. I, I mean, Brad Marchand's kind of a uh, a weird, not fun example to use for this situation for uh, on-ice reasons. But I mean, hey, man, off-ice banter get, goes a long way in marketing stars and marketing players. Mm-hmm. Now, again, some of the things he said this, this past week are a little weird and quite honestly – probably should go to somebody else if we're going to try and market stars and you know and just making tweets doesn't help that's not enough like and clearly Connor mcdavid doesn't have personality but you're right the austin matthews the mitch marners those are a pair of guys that hey they show their personality quite a lot switch it up up there you know it, uh, but the downside to them canadian canadian team and that shouldn't be that that's the thing like, it shouldn't matter, but it does. <laughs> it shouldn't matter, but it does. And that's, again, that's on the NHL for failure to actually market these teams correctly because those are the teams that have the most loyal fan bases. So yeah. market them correctly, and you could probably grow their fan bases into the States a lot more than you already have. But we're going to take a quick break instead of harping on the NHL continuously because there is so much more we could get into with this topic. But we're going to take a quick break when we come back and All-Star Weekend for you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by InsideThePenguins.com. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, joined as always by Nick Horwat. And uh, we put the All-Star game in the last segment because that's pretty much where it 
belongs at this point. Uh, the All Star Game bashing the NHL too, probably a little bit more bashing, bashing the, the NHL. NHL. Right. Yeah, no, the All Star Game is this weekend. The All Star Weekend starts tomorrow. The festivities start in Southern Florida. Uh, as the Pittsburgh Penguins have one lone representative in Sidney Crosby. He's going to be busy uh, joining forces with Alex Ovechkin in the breakaway challenge, joining forces with Nathan McKinnon in the dunk challenge. I think we all know that the skills competition is the only thing worth watching, correct? It's worth watching if it's even fun. <laughs> it That goes for all All-Star games, though, to be yeah. fair. The, the skills competition is usually the more entertaining part. I mean, go down. What do people care about in basketball? Uh, slam dunks and three-pointers. All right, well, they market that pretty nicely with here's a slam dunk contest, which sucks these days, but still, and a three-point contest. What's the best part of baseball? Oh, the home run. Oh, here's an entire two hours of home runs. Mm-hmm. The NFL Pro Bowl needs no – we don't need to talk about it. The NFL Pro Bowl is a joke. We don't need to talk about it. But it can be so much better, and we all know it can. They just nah. – talk about a league refusing to do something. They don't need to, though. The NHL, what's the best part of hockey? Well, it's a great question. Goals. Uh how fast these guys are Mm -hmm. and let's try some new things which i mean cool it's good that they're trying to do new things Mm -hmm. uh but it and it sure is it sure will uh kick the hell out of whatever they decide to put out for their all-star game itself Mm -hmm. so yeah every every skills competition is better than the actual game yeah but Sidney crosby's gonna have a lot of fun i think yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see what crosby's able to do you don't know how many times that he actually is going to be doing this uh the rest yeah. of his career that i mean he might not want to go back any other times you, you never know uh, i know that he wanted to have evgeny malkin down there with him but i'm sure evgeny malkin is happy enough to go skiing somewhere on a random desolate mountain that he his on. off his off-season home is in miami i think uh he's probably there i don't know well he was he was skiing on instagram a couple days ago so i don't think he's in florida all right never mind he's enjoying the cold he's rushing <laughs> He's Russian. He's exactly. But I do give the NHL a little bit of credit because ever since the all-star game, I don't remember what year it was in St. Louis. I think that was 2019, 2020, 2020? right before the lockout or the shutdown, right before the shutdown. Since then, I feel like they've gotten better. Um, I think they're trying a little bit more with the skills competition, trying to get inventive. I understand that you still have your pillar um, events like, the fastest skater, mm-hmm. which is always fun, like the uh, hardest shot, like the precision accuracy shooting. Those are always going to be fan favorites because it's simple, because it takes you down to the heart of the game, and because it's something that we've seen the legends do. Zdeno Chara, Shea Weber. Uh, we've seen the accuracy shooting. We've seen the fastest skater. It, it's Those are pillar events at the All-Star Weekend, and everybody enjoys watching them. Now they've added, like in St. Louis, they did the thing where they were up on the platform shooting over people onto the ice. Thought that was interesting. Vegas, they had the idea to go out onto the strip and play blackjack. And they also went out into the Bellagio fountains and did that. In theory, good ideas. They didn't execute it particularly well. It was a little awkward, especially in Vegas. Executed horribly in Vegas. Yeah, but they're trying. Like this dunk challenge, they're going to have, I believe... Some players I saw playing golf with hockey sticks. Um, that's a pre-recorded thing. I think Keith Yandel was in, included in that somehow. <laughs> like, they're trying different things. I'll give them credit for that. They but are. We'll see if the execution actually la- sticks the landing this time around. Listen, who's co- is it? Is it a TNT or an ESPN broadcast? An ESPN broadcast. I hate to see it because if it was TNT, oh come on. 
bring biz down all of a sudden you got the sandbagger invitational part two because mckinnon and crosby are going to be together and uh, uh doing an event together which by the way it's not the golf one there's mm-hmm. a missed opportunity um they're going to be doing the dunk challenge supposedly by the way none of this is confirmed yet i believe but uh, i don't know anyway uh tangents where was i <laughs> I don't this know. Is, I, it's going to be better. It's it should be okay, if, assuming things look better or performed much better. And this is also the All Star Game is a great way to market stars again. We're going to bring this bring this whole conversation back. It's a great way to market stars, and uh, hopefully they do it properly this time. Crosby and Ovechkin doing any sort of challenge together should should help. Mm-hmm. Um, if people know that Crosby and McKinnon are BFFs, them doing a challenge together should help. Mm-hmm. And there are other opportunities. Are both Kachucks going? I don't know. Well, they should be, because guess what? Market your damn stars. Yeah, because they're two of the best personalities in the National Hockey League right now. Exactly. And they're also pretty, pretty good, pretty good at hockey. So, yeah. Um, no, but like you mentioned, one of the standout moments, at least to me, of the past fifteen years of the All Star Game is Alex Ovechkin getting help from Evgeny Malkin going down on the breakaway challenge with the hat and the two sticks and everything like that. Why? Because these are guys that hate each other, and they did. Let's not put air quotes around that, actually. They did hate each other for, for a good while. Two guys on rival teams that are at the All-Star game and are showing a little bit of personality. Mm-hmm. You, you just you need to take advantage of that. And as far as the game is concerned, I will say that going to three-on-three was a much better decision, but at the same time, it hasn't evolved from there, and I'm not going to waste an entire Saturday afternoon watching a three-on-three tournament for an All-Star game. Yeah, it's not going to be fun. I kind of, I mean, I'm probably going to have to watch it, cover it for you guys. That being said, though, um, it could, it, it has the potential. You know, you got Crosby and McKinnon doing something together. Let's just, let's see some personality. McKinnon's got a little personality there. It just needs to be broken out of him. Mm-hmm. And I think he can break something out of Crosby. That'll be fun. Ovechkin has personality. We know this. Yeah. We know this. We know he does. We know he's chasing one of the biggest records in the sport. Put every single Washington Capitals game on ESPN, by the way, until he does it. Just a thought. That might get some viewers. Um, Him, and because this is one thing. Crosby and Ovechkin linked at the hip since 2005 when they entered the league as who's better, who's going to win this game, who's going to win this contest. Well, guess what? Now they're doing something together. Hopefully everybody wants to see that. Sure, there's the little notion of Ovechkin and Malkin from 2009, which, man, was the uh, the bar for entertainment value back then. Whoa, a hat and sunglasses and two sticks. That won him the contest, guys. It did. The bar is, was so low back then, and it's not too much higher now. No. You know? uh, if those two are doing something together, they do multiple things together at the All-Star Game, it should be something. And if anyone can get some personality out of Crosby, it might be Ovechkin. I'm curious to see how that goes. I'm curious to see how the Friday of the All-Star Weekend goes. Don't care too much about Saturday. But, <laughs> eh. Yeah. At the end of the day... It's the All-Star Weekend, and, and the NH- it's one of many things the NHL needs to focus on fixing because it could be 
a really important event for them. It could be a really positive event for them. But at the end of the day, all it ends up being is people saying, all right, so when, do the, when does the regular season resume? Yeah, and when it comes to marketing the stars, like there's a reason why I asked if both Kachucks were going. Those are two big faces, big names in the league, and they're brothers that are very good at hockey. They can do things together. That grows the game. Trevor Zegers should be there every year, regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's... I. It's a crime that uh, Crosby and Malkin never shared an all-star ice together. Mm-hmm. Um, someone's got to talk those two into doing it <laughs> together one time. And I'm sure they would love to. I'm sure they would love to. But the fan vote, give me a break. Let's cut the fan vote and let's just have the league pick their stars to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that sounds less appealing to fans. <clears throat> but it should sound more appealing whenever they go, hey, these two aging veterans are Sidney Crosby now and Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin have never shared an all-star race together. Mm-hmm. They're going. Screw your team who's missing out on a player. Your team sucks. You know, like Columbus. Fan, vo- fan votes are lazy. They are. They are. It's who do you want to see? And it never it never ends up being entertaining. It show them what is entertaining. That's what was- that's literally what your chance to do is. And also bring back the draft. <sighs> Bring back the draft. Force these guys to have a personality. But you have to put the guys with the biggest personalities, the captains. You can't just be like, well, Connor McDavid's the best player in the world, so he has to be the captain. It's like, nope, nope. I'd rather watch paint dry than watch Connor McDavid on the mic. Give somebody with personality the mic and tell them, listen, you're in this position because it's for the sport of hockey. You need to go out there and you need to put on a show. And there are several players in the National Hockey League that would be able to do that. The Kachucks as captains, yes. Let them do that. Let them jaw back and forth. And honestly... Put it on ESPN Plus so it's not as FCC regulated and let them swear. That too. That too. Like, sign a deal with HBO Max or something and put, you know, mic up players and be like, listen, don't worry at all about not swearing or, you know, censoring yourself. Just act normal. And I think you would get an entirely new fan base. But I don't know. I digress. I think I'm, I'm at the end of my end of my spiel here. So we're going to we're going to call it on this one. That's going to do it for this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. We'll be back next week uh, with new episodes as the season resumes on Tuesday. Penguins take on the Colorado Avalanche at PPG Paints Arena before heading west to take on the California road trip. We'll get that all covered and more on the Tip of the Iceberg. We'll see you guys then.